Ooh. Ooh. I like how that's going to be the first sound of the episode. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like Matt is is like surprised to be receiving a hand job under the table or something like that. Like, ooh, like that's what that made me think of. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, that's how we start. Hi, mom. With, with hand job jokes. Oh yeah. Hi, Matt's mom. <laughs> I forgot Matt's mom is a regular listener. Uh, that's right. That's all right. She knows us well enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good stuff. Well, you were on a ray about beer stuff and i was like i missed the last minute so i just hit record and then you stopped talking about it i mean i can i can keep talking about beer actually colin speaking of beer you checked in a very unique beer that i sent you a couple days ago correct it had some very unique packaging right yes why don't you tell the listeners about that one (laughs) yes i will i will pull it up to refresh my memory i'm still getting over a cold so if i sound like i'm a little stuffy that's because i actually am Hmm. I mean, I can just tell them off out of my memory. I just was trying to lead in here. Yeah, which one? Um, the yellow, right? Yellow Belly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Yellow Belly is a beer from uh, a strong stout that is brewed to be intentionally sweet and is often made with the addition of a sweet flavored at with with the addition of sweet flavored adjuncts such as lactose, vanilla, chocolate, or graham crackers. Um, I will say that, uh, so I checked this in as a three, seven, five. I saw Matt before I checked in and I saw what your rating was and I can certainly understand why you would give it such a high rating. So Matt rated it a 4.75, the highest you can give on untapped is a five. Um, I guess I gave it a little bit of a lower cause this was like another beer where I just couldn't drink the whole thing, <laughs> uh, cause of how sweet it was. But like for the, you know, the little bit that I drank, it was really good, but I was like, I, when I give like, when I have a full beer, I, I want to give like the rating for, can you drink this full beer and feel the same way about it throughout the whole beer? And like, I guess that's why a uh, listener of the show and mutual friend of ours, a uh, friend of the show, Devin gets so mad at me when I uh, always rate my tasters is because like, I'll, I'll rate tasters differently, obviously like tasters are just tasters. And like, if I was just doing a taster of that, maybe I would have given it a four seven five or a four five. But um, that's Colin, I, 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 I teed it up Happy Gilmore style for you, and you just took a big whiff. It's not <laughs> what I was going for there. What's unique <laughs> about that beer? Well, uh, did I take a picture of it? I, I don't remember. Um, Ethan, you need to shake your head. Uh, yeah, exaggerated and ashamed. It's it's eleven percent. Uh, it it's was... wrapped to look like a guy wearing a KKK hood. Oh uh, yes, and there's yes. a reason why. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, there you I go. Well, you see can't it, see because but... your background. Yeah. But and then did you read the the inscription on the inside? Yes, it specifically calls out cowards. It's called Yellow Belly. It calls out cowards yes. who have to hide behind a mask for expressing their heinous opinions. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going for there, because I'm drinking the European variant of it. So oh. it, it was brewed by two European breweries, Omnipalo and Buxton. Omnipalo is a great gypsy brewer out of Nor- Norway, and Buxton is a great stout brewer out of England, and it's called a biscuit stout. It's supposed to be a peanut butter cookie beer. So I've got the uh, anti-Nazi beer called oh, like Howard. That's a fist smashing a swastika there. That's awesome. And the beer is brewed to celebrate all things new, open-minded, and progressive. Another peanut butter biscuit stout with no biscuit, butter, or nuts. Taste, enjoy, and don't be prejudiced. <laughs> that's 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 what I was going for. That's what I was. That's what I was. I was hoping for that part. 
Yeah, Kyle, well, I dropped. Kyle went to the full the full sensory analysis, which was good. <laughs> it was good, and I I totally get the whole like, you know, if you can't if you can't drink and enjoy the whole bottle, then it's like, what's the whole point of having a twelve ounce bottle of that beer anyway? Yeah. If it's like, yeah, six ounces in, you go, Bleh. yeah. So, I would I would have needed you guys there to share it with. Yeah, yeah, and I'll so, say this: I liked Colin's. Um, very detailed description of his of his rating system because it made me think of um baseball writers and how they talk about mvp voting (laughs) how everybody has like specific things that they're like valuing and thinking about and blah 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 that's what made me think of yeah well no it was good i I enjoyed the i enjoyed the 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 in-depth analysis i just that's not the setup i was hoping for i wanted to go over the this is only sold in europe i got it specially from a friend I wanted to tie them in together and yeah, with anyway. Yep. Kyle, what are you drinking tonight? I did. I blew it. You're right. Okay. Okay. Right. I didn't, I did. I sprung it on you. It's okay. What are you drinking tonight though? Uh, So tonight I did pull out the (laughs) electric city. There it is. Okay. Scranton party. Yep. Scranton party never stops. That's just a lager, right? Yep, just an American yeah. premium lager, which is about as fancy as Scranton gets, really. Now, I mean, <laughs> yeah. really, that's fitting. You know, what's yeah. what's Scranton fancy? Yellow American beer, but it's okay. I, I mean, for the longest time, they were known for Yingling. Well, not Scranton, but Pennsylvania was known for Yingling before you know craft beer really took off and and everything. But it, my cousin Greg calls it the lager. Like that's the, it's just simply known as the lager. Like, Wasn't Lion's Head brewed in Scranton, or am I? Am I um, Lion's Head for the uninitiated I, is I like, um, yeah, it's like cheaper than Natty Beer. Mm-hmm. What, what about the one that we saw the sign for, Matt, when we were in Philly? Um, that you was like? the wet beer. Oh, Schla- like? Schlafly's or Schnebly's or something. Schneb- it wasn't an active brand anymore. Schlafly's is uh, still an active brewer out of uh, St. Louis. But oh, yeah, the fuck I, were they? We were actually. I was just this past weekend across the street from Murph's. A good place. A good um, place. Yes. But uh, it, so so again to to go backstory here, we were looking for a place to drink before the Tool concert a couple couple weeks ago, and wandering around, and Ethan found this place called Murph's, a hole in the wall bar and restaurant in Philly, and and since since then Ethan, it's popped up on like three or four like hidden gems in Cincinnati, like in Philadelphia, you mean? In yeah, Philadelphia. Whew, that's a year yeah. ago, Cincinnati. But yeah. but we walk in, and the place is inexplicably crowded. It just smells like bad fish. Um, there's kids who look like they're maybe 13 coming up from a basement staircase with plates of food. So I guess that's where the kitchen is. Just like, then they don't know what they're doing. There's some old guy who's kind of cranky and kind of drunk behind the bar, maybe bartending. And uh, we got a seat in the back. And we, after about 30 seconds, we're like, yeah, we're getting a picture. And then we're leaving. Um, nice. So I, we got to give it another shot. I happen to love holes in the wall. I think it's just the people we were with maybe weren't that into it, but. Well, I, I I agree. I'd say I, I definitely it definitely agrees or it definitely needs another shot. Um, I I wouldn't mind staying there, but um, we ended up at the garage bar down the street, which which uh, was was like, wasn't any better. Yeah, yeah well, no, it was it was shit. I would never go there. Whereas Murphs, I would absolutely go to. Well, there's but. a certain bro threshold there that none of us met. So I mean, <laughs> it was it was loud and it was crowded. It was fucking stupid. That was not my type of place. But Ethan, they had ski ball. <laughs> uh, they did have ski ball. Um, the name of the brewer, the brewing, or the former, if it doesn't exist anymore, Ortliebs. 
Ortlieb's. O-R-T-I, uh, O-R-T-L-I-E-B, Ortlieb's. And people, listeners, if you look up Ortlieb's beer, you can find a picture of their, uh, of um, one of the pictures of like their logo and their ad. And underneath it says, The Wet Beer. Um, so I don't know the origin on this, but um, they had a sign in Murph's about this. And I thought that that was really great. And so now you know, Ortlieb's is, is the wet beer. Take that knowledge with you for the rest of your life and cherish it. I mean, it's, it feels like the precursor to the Bud Light is drinkable like yeah. ad campaign. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, so is motor oil. Um, it's a liquid. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I want to drink it. Uh, so good. Ethan, what are you drinking? And um, also, why the fuck are you drinking out of an Illinois glass? Um, because my partner did her PhD at Illinois and, Fuck Illinois, and she loves it. Um, why do you hate Illinois? Were they in the same conference as Penn State? They were, weren't they? Big Ten. Are they in the same conference? Yes. Didn't they? they, are. they oh, they still was are. that the was that the eight overtime game? That was the nine overtime game. Nine overtime yeah. game. Oh, it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. All states that start with an I are terrible. All of them. All just of them. I mean, I'll agree with Indiana. Like that, just like to quote Jim Gaffigan, like, "Yay, I'm from Indiana. We're moving." <laughs> that's that's pretty much indiana oh man um i am drinking a a a local beer local to maryland um the brewery is called true respite um this was brought as a um a guest of a party brought this over like a a couple of weekends ago and i am having it i love the um label art actually the Mm, it's it's um this one is called trout trout fish art and I don't know if you can if the quality is good enough, but it's really a beautiful label. Like the art is really well done, really colorful, really nice. This happens to just be a toasted lager. Um, it's nice. I like it. It's good. It's a solid lager. So true respite out of Maryland. Shout out to my friend Hank from Hank's Fish Art. That looks like something he'd draw. Yeah, that's right. Hank's Fish Art featured his T-shirt a couple weeks ago. That's right. Hank Hershey, I miss you. But yeah, Ethan, I've never even heard of them. I gotta, I gotta try them out. Yeah, I mean, this one had a good uh, a four oh seven on Untapped, which is pretty good for a lager. Um, yeah. I didn't I didn't look up much else, but um, but yeah, it's a good start, I think. Yeah, we might have to see if we can find them. They're um, they're out of Durwood. I don't know where that is, but if it's um, somewhere in the middle uh, for us, maybe we go hit it up sometime. Durwood. Now I don't know where that is. But... <laughs> Durwood, Maryland. That sounds, I don't know, gosh, Durwood. I don't yeah. know, that is kind of That a, sounds like it could be like an obscure D.C. suburb, or it could be like all the way in the tippy tip, which is really just West Virginian light, you know? Exactly yep. right, you know, yeah. Like, I'm going to look it up right now. So I actually, I just did, and like, so the so I looked up Durwood, Maryland, and like, as I'm typing it into Google Maps, the top suggestion is Durwood Bible Church. So <laughs> um, let's see, though, let's see. Oh, okay. Oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, Yeah. Gaithersburg area. That's near. That's nearby. Okay, that's like straight local. That's like 15 minutes away from me. Okay, holy shit. All right, Matt, maybe we'll have to check it out sometime. Yeah, put it on the list. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Okay, nice. All right, what do we got on the docket today, guys? Well, it's baseball season, finally. Yes, fucking A. Opening day is literally on Thursday, right? By the time this episode airs, the Yankees will be 1-0. Aaron Judge will have two home runs. Garrett Cole yep. will have his first win of the season. Josh Donaldson will have two home runs. <laughs> DJ LeMahieu will have gone three for four with a double. He's not even going to start, most likely. Really? Has and breaking news, Greg Bird hurt? is a Yankee again. <laughs> wait, <laughs> Bird is wait, the word. Wait, he's minor a Yankee deal. again? Well, he's a, he's a rail rider. Oh, because uh, somebody, because I saw he had a minor league deal with somebody else. I was just reading about Blue him. Blue Jays, yeah. And, yeah. and he, he, 
He, he had the option out. to decline if he didn't make the majors. Mm. So he wasn't going to make their squad. So he declined and signed with the Yankees. Yep. That's that was Very another reason why I picked the Scranton beer was for Greg Bird. <laughs> okay. Apparently he loves Scranton. So. Greg Bird. So funny. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, maybe he'll it seems unlikely. It seems unlikely that he's all of a sudden going to figure out how to really do it at the major league level at this point. How old is he now? And I mean, in uh, injuries, in I mean, thirties injuries just crushed him. Right. For so long. Yeah. A lot he, of those, a lot of those baby Yankees have dealt with injuries. Like I saw Matt, when you said that Dellen got signed by the Dodgers today, I'm pretty sure he's appeared in 17 games and pitched 13.1 innings over the last three seasons. Well, remember when he came right back and like, Hippity hopped on the mound and tore his Achilles. Like that was that was 2019. That was yeah, right? that was heartbreaking. Like he, oh, I'm excited, I'm back. I threw a fastball and struck the guy out. Hop, hop, hop. Ouch. That was his yeah. last pitch with the Yankees. I think. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like that was terrible. He was like, so fucking good there for a few years. He was yeah. unbelievable. Yep. Yep. Um, well, so I have a ton of baseball stuff. And uh, idea guy, if you have anything that you want to add, but first I want to put you on the spot. Uh, again, uh, for those who maybe this is your first time listening, I'm Colin Cernelia, have Matt Root, Ethan Ertz, we are two jacks and a schlub. And uh, one of the pieces of feedback that I got that I'll also try to be better about is um, apparently people like to understand like who we are. Like somebody wrote in and was like, I, under- I, um, I feel like I can relate to you more. Um, and they were joking about like the time we were talking about my BMI on the podcast and everything. But um I guess we don't talk about ourselves enough, like in the sense of like where we come from and what we do. And since last week we ended up getting into a pretty long discussion about my line of work, uh, I figured I would put Rudy on the spot today. And uh, whether you want to talk about dirt, whether you want to talk about like how you got into your career or whatever, give the listeners just like a two to three minute spiel about like how you got to be where you are. Talk about being a baseball captain or a football captain, baseball star when you led the league in, in hitting and everything in high school. Oh no, no, no. That was just, that was just dumb luck. No, I guess, I guess I wore the shirt. Um, you know, it was serendipitous that I'm wearing my Scott shirt today. Cause I am a, I'm a dirt bagger. I work for Scott's miracle grow uh, in uh, the greater Philadelphia area. We, we put dirt and mulch in a bag where, um, you know, if all those all those pallets of stuff you see outside the store at Home Depot and Lowe's and Walmart, it's got to come from someplace. And uh, it comes from one of 37 Scott's plants around the country. So uh, a couple, I'll just give a, I'll give a couple highlights. I, we're one of the biggest recyclers in the country, which is something that's pretty cool. So anytime you put your lawn clippings on the edge of the road or take uh, tree, you know, tree waste and hedges to the, the green dump, um, municipalities have to do something with that. They grind it up and they compost it. And guess who buys that compost? We do. So uh, in in some cases, we actually make the compost ourselves. We'll just buy the green waste right from the town. Down here, we even get even more creative. You know, we use um, leftover dirt from the mushroom growing industry. We use what coffee waste from a place that makes instant coffee. We take what's left over because guess what? That's great for dirt. Um, You know, we'll take leftover the 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 little logs that they make shiitake mushrooms that the shiitake mushrooms grow on we'll we'll grind them up and use them because these are all great things to grow your plants in so um you know this is this is busy season for us this is crunch time this is when everyone is you know emerging from their winter slumbers it's not quite too hot yet a little, a little rainy a little cold but guess what it's time to uh go out and 
be a good yeoman freeholder, a good landowning American, and dig your hands in the dirt and play in the earth and plant. I'm, I'm, I'm egging you on, Ethan, and um, and you know, play uh, in the dirt and plant some, plant your garden, take care of your house. Maybe, maybe start a little win- window planter box where you can grow five or six herbs or vegetables. Um, you know, things that you can just, you know, nothing's better than than ripping off some fresh basil right off your plant, right on your windowsill, and putting it on a pizza like, like. That is the closest from farm to table you'll ever get. That is that is windowsill to table eating right there, and it's delicious. And we like to empower that. So um, I didn't really give much history. I just kind of got a little little excited there about dirt. Well, so, and this is what I and this is what I want for the listeners: a little bit of history here. Please tell us what you got your college degree in. Oh, I got my college degree in chemical engineering. Uh huh. Um, chemical engineering. And and, then... and what have I worked in? I've worked in. The light bulb industry and the dirt industry. Now, yep. now I will say caveat on the light bulb industry that took me to like doing fancy super chemicals for TVs and LEDs and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it, it kind of it kind of uh, led me down the manufacturing path, which is not necessarily someplace I thought I would go. And I've <laughs> kind of melded the manufacturing and the engineering experience I had with a little bit of leadership and found myself in kind of a technical leadership role in some of these different companies. But since uh, I, I was just joking with another friend the other day, um, a hallmark of the Root family vacation was always we had to go to a factory somewhere. So whether it was the the Pennywise Pretzel Factory in Altoona, Pennsylvania, or the Hershey Factory up in near Ottawa, Canada, or you know the Jelly Belly Factory out in California, or the uh, Cape Cod Potato Chip Factory in Hyannis, Massachusetts, we always had to go to a factory. Because it fascinated my brother and I. So what do you know? Uh, fast forward 20 years. That's what we have in our careers. Um, and just a little, I don't know, this might be a deep cut for everyone. But if you think back to the Looney Tunes days, they had the, like the, it, I think the, the music is called Powerhouse. Look up Powerhouse. Uh, and it's just that. Okay, I'll listen, leave it at that. But anyway, it's like the factory music that anytime... Looney Tunes showed a factory or a process that would play that music. And believe it or not, that passes through my head more often than you guys would think as I walk through the factory and watch uh, our product being made. So uh, I'll say one last pitch. I've got 100 of the hardest working folks uh, that I know at my plant working uh, almost around the clock this time of year. They kick butt. They do a great job. Um, Busy season is busy season. I can't believe how much uh, how much dirt we physically move and bag and get to the customer this time of year. But they do a great job, and I appreciate them each and every day. Aw. love it. That was very great. Sorry for the singing, everyone. But <laughs> look not, up Acme Powerhouse sorry. on YouTube, and you'll know exactly what I mean. I'm as soon sorry. as you listen to it, you're going to know exactly what I mean. Those are yes. the gems that the, that keep the people coming back. Okay, <laughs> that's the listeners keep coming back to hear what random fucking sounds Matt's going to make on an episode. <laughs> so in this episode, we already we're like ten minutes in. We already got two gems in this episode. We got the opening Matt going ooh ooh, <laughs> and then we got that fucking song. So we're uh, we're on a roll here. And now and we've the got the podcast. And now the podcast. Yeah, exactly. But he's not happy. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Record-breaking podcast. I can mm-hmm. feel it. Mm-hmm. All right, boys. So we can run through my topics. But before we do that, I'm going to give the mailbag some love early today. All right. All right. Instead of waiting till the end. And this comes from none other than Brother Dan. This is the, uh, he says, the weekly baseball question for the pod. Prediction time. 
Yankees will end the season with blank wins in blank place in the East and will slash will not make the World Series. His personal answers, 92 wins, second placed, second place and will make the World Series. Doesn't say if they will win the World Series, just will they make the World Series? Ooh. Okay, this is a good one. Um, he wins wild card and to the World right, Series is what Brother Dan says. Right out of the holster, 93 wins, third place, they won't make the World Series. 93 okay. wins is third place. Yep. Wow. The, Blue this, Jays, man. Yeah, this division is brutal. Matt, my prediction is shockingly close to that. I was going to say like 94 wins, second place, and no to the World Series. Yeah. That was my that was my gut uh, prediction. I mean, yeah. you've got you've got last year's Blue Jays first and place. Rays. Yeah, yeah. The Rays won 100 games last year with not, with, and they didn't even have a full season of Wander Franco. Yeah, they got a, they got a full season of that guy this year. Like they just traded away Tyler what Tyler Meadows, Austin Meadows, no Austin, Austin Meadows. Meadows. Yeah, Austin and Meadows, like yeah. they're still gonna somehow like find a way to, to decimate yeah. the Yankees. Yeah, you know he, I don't G-Man even know if Choi I is gonna hit place. like seven home runs against the Yankees yeah. in the first series of the year because yeah. because why not? Yeah, I actually think third place is probably more likely too. I probably should have said third because I I kind of think it's going to be like Blue Jays, Rays, Yankees, Sox. Yeah, and then who cares about the Orioles? But we'll see. The quad so A both, Orioles. Yeah. So you're both sucking the dick of the Blue Jays right dude, now, dude. The Blue Jays are fucking stacked. Are they? Yeah, they're fucking stacked, dude. Are they? And they went out and they got Matt Chapman. Do we know who they lost? Yeah, what's his face? The Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, the Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, but they still. Yeah, but they have a whole season of Jose Barrios. Uh, Barrios, I should say, is the correct correct pronunciation. They have Kevin Gossman, who is like really under the radar, but has been excellent for several years now. Um, several, and then the, the rest of their rotation are all like really solid guys. Like one through five is really good. Yeah, they lost Robbie Ray, but like one through five, they're really really solid. And and Gossman and Barrios both are like. Very, very good. Ryu's so, still there too, right? And Ryu's still there. He's yeah, not remember, the same like he his, was. His ERA still good. was when we saw him in in, in L.A. Colin. It's like a, it was like a one point two or something. Yeah, he's, he's he was nasty for too. a few years. Yeah, he's not the same, but he's still a good. He's still a good pitcher. So, yeah, we also we also saw the Yankees tee off on him because when he's off, he's off. He had like a nine ERA in the back half of the season last year. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's 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 the same story for everybody, right? I mean, the Dodgers look like they could win like 150 games, right? But you still gotta you still gotta go out and do it, and it never actually happens, right? Because people are gonna get hurt, people are gonna have down years, blah 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 blah. But the Blue Jays are stacked, and I think are like primed to like just fucking kill it this year. I don't know, like that young, like insanely talented core. Um, they're and they're also like they're kind of a fun team. So I kind of. I hope they do well. I think it'll make for a really exciting division. Vlad Jr. could could win the Triple Crown this year and not win the MVP. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if Rotani does what, yeah. what he does again. Or or if Trout plays a full year and, yeah. and reminds yeah. everybody why he's the best player in history. Yeah, just just look at his stats from the first couple games he played last year. I remember thinking today, looking through it, going, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, Yeah, he's my wow. guy. Yeah. 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 I don't necessarily disagree with you guys that the Blue Jays are going to be good. However... I will say that I think the Red Sox are due for a regression. Last year was kind of fluky. Yeah. The Orioles obviously are terrible. Nowhere close to competing. And I'm not sold on the Rays. I know they've been a pain in the butt. And uh, there's a lot of other things that we've talked about the Rays on this podcast before. But um, 
I really do think this division comes down to the, to the Yankees and the Blue Jays. And I do think both teams are going to have good years. And I almost want to say that the Yankees are going to have a really good year because if you take, so you guys were you know, talking about how strong the Blue Jays starting rotation is the Yankees starting rotation is really good too. Like top to bottom compared to all the other teams in baseball, it's up there. And like, the hard thing is, so uh, Joe Paz, friend friend of the podcast, Joe Poznanski, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, wrote about this in one of his uh, previews where he said, you know, think about, he goes, he, he was talking about Garrett Cole and he's like the likely leader, you know, in terms of odds for Cy Young Award winner this year. And he goes, think about the people who are behind Cole, you know, whether it's Robbie Ray who won it last year or the, a couple other guys. And he goes like, do you, do you really think that they're as good as Garrett Cole? This it's like the, the, the depth of starting pitching these days, when you, when you get to like that really it. top tier is, is so what, uh, what, what's thin. the word I'm looking for? Thin. thin? Yeah. Yeah. It's the top tier. Yeah. The top tier is thin. It's small, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of those middle pieces like, like a Severino, like a JMO, like um, Monty, you know, all, all these guys that, are pretty serviceable. Um, yeah. Are they going to be a Garrett Cole? Are they going to win a Cy Young? Probably not. But in today's game, and especially this season, when you're going to need a lot of innings out of guys, um, you know, I almost see that as being even more of a strength than it was last year. And it was by far the biggest strength on the team last year. I mean, their pitching was fantastic. Uh, the bullpen was kind of up and down, at, you know, during certain parts, but yeah, I think they found something uh, with, with some of those guys and, um, Yo, Chapman, that that stat is oh my god crazy. Remind um, us all, Colin. Yeah, tell just tell everybody. Yeah, so it's uh, th- there's there's a list of relievers who have thrown the most 100 mile an hour fastballs in the Statcast era. I don't remember when the Statcast era uh, began, but and number bro, five. Bro, before we finish, before we get, let's just remind before we get there. Chapman is 33 years old, well yes. past the typical prime years for any baseball player, regardless of position, and he's been in the league for 12 fucking years. Now, granted, he's a closer. He throws a lot fewer innings than a starter does, but he has thrown a lot of pitches, and he, is, he throws really hard, as we're going to get to. Continue. Also, other, other thing to note, I was watching baseball bits about Ricky Henderson the other day. <laughs> they were introducing a clip um, with the starting pitcher was uh, Todd Stottlemyre who they were calling back in the day in the late 80s, a power pitcher at 90 miles an hour. Oh, my God. 90 miles an hour was a power pitcher. Yeah. So these are 100-plus mile-per-hour pitches. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Can you call them? Which is still – this this stat is more impressive, given what Matt had just said, that more pitch, pitchers today throw 96, 97 you know, on a pretty consistent basis. But to get to 100, you know, that that's still – you know, pretty there, there's a significant difference there. It's like when you're playing percentages and you get to 98%, like to get to 99% is much harder than it would be to get from 70 to 80%, you know, or something like that. Anyway, the lowest, I, I won't read the names cause they don't really matter, but number five, 537 times, number four, 540 times, number three, 686 times, number two, 931 times number one a role this chapman 3235 times he has hit 100 miles an hour or higher on the radar just unbelievable and by the way i just looked Statcast was introduced to all stadiums all 30 stadiums in 2015 so we're, we're talking about like the last you know six six years give or take right 
Yeah. But, um, what's crazy about that is Jordan Hicks is on that that list. Is he still in the Cardinals? He's, he's number two. Yeah. yeah. There was there was a time where he was hitting num- like 104 consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he just hit hasn't that been for, doing it as long. He kept it forever. up for maybe two years and then it just drops off. Yeah. Petered out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it, Colin? 3,600 something? Yep. But now. I mean, God, he, that's four times more than second place. <laughs> and we're talking about the same. It's the, the counting is the same. It's all in the StatCast era, right? Like, we're not yeah. including the beginning of Chapman's career. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Talking, yeah, just like since 2015. Holy yeah. fuck. Now, but Chapman is also known as, like, an absolute gym fanatic. You can't get that guy to stop working out. Yeah. So I, I can see where he's he's maintaining this. Yeah. Um, Still pretty remarkable. I hope it's not steroids, but, you know... <laughs> Like he's, he's he's also a big guy. He's like six five, two fifty. Yeah. I mean, he could be a fucking linebacker. I mean, I think I think he's like he's like they talk about Mo this way too. You know, they a lot of people said that if he wasn't a pitcher, Mo still would have been the best athlete athlete on the team. Yeah, and, yeah they're pretty, and and I think Araldus look makes Mo look like a you know yeah. a pipsqueak. Pee wee. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is I'm buying stock into the Yankees having their fuck you season this year. I'm buying Aaron Hicks, maybe not going 30, 30, um, but I'm buying him bringing athleticism, athleticism back. I'm buying judge and Stan putting together good seasons. Again, I'm buying Glaber having a bounce back. I'm buying DJ having a bounce back. And are you buying Higashioka hitting 20 plus homers? <laughs> I, 20 homers. Yeah. I could see. All Higgy right. Doing all that. right. 20 homers. Yeah. I could definitely see him doing it. He's already got seven in the spring. Like, come on. He could, he could definitely do it. He's always shown pop. I think as much as I, as much as I, I was never as much of a hater of Gary Sanchez as most people, I think getting rid of him will do more good for the team than it will. Had they tried to run it through one more year, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta cut bait. Um, and, uh, I just think he was, he was in, he was part of, you know, a, a core group of guys that was holding things back. And I don't know, you know, maybe some of those coaching, uh, you know, I, although I find it hard to believe that Phil Nevin was a, a detriment to the team, uh, you know, given his personality and everything, but you know, I think there is, uh, some urgency, uh, Cashman is in a contract year. I'm pretty sure this, this season, uh, judge, to this day is in a contract year. Maybe he'll have an extension by the first game of the season. <laughs> Damn it. Carlos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carlos uh, kind of blew that the other day. Who, who knows uh, if that was uh, actually true or not, but um, I just, I just buy it. And I think that, I think that they make a serious run this year. I think also at the trade deadline, they're going to get some help. I think, <clears throat> there's going to be um, some pitching out there that that's going to be uh, theirs for the taking. And, and I see them going pretty deep. Do I see them get into the world series? I, I have no idea. Um, it's, it's too early to tell. Um, but I could see this being like a 2019 season, like not, not all the injuries, but I, I could see this team being really deep, really good. Um, and just click clicking and having a really good season. Um, and kind of turning back the clock for, you know, what the past two seasons have been like. No. I can also see the Padres having a bounce back. I can see the Dodgers, like you said, dominating. Um, 
But my, but my biggest fear is like the Blue Jays haven't put it all together yet either. <laughs> right. But they, the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays. So here's, here's the one thing I will also say. The Blue Jays are much younger and like say what you want about everything about baseball. When you're young, it is just very difficult to figure it all out. And that is the reason that so many young teams fail. Yeah, but how and many it, years? It, Vlad's been in the year, the league now, five or six years. But he's never experienced no, he winning. There's he's nobody, just... there's nobody whether whether or not he's been in the league that, that long or not makes no difference. Vlad is twenty three years old. Yeah. Okay, four years. Yeah. It makes yeah. no it makes no difference anyway. He has he never his, he made his debut in twenty nineteen. Okay, three years. <laughs> It, you just need like teams need to in any sport. I feel like there needs to be those savvy veterans who come in like the Josh Donaldson, you know, who comes in with that FU attitude and, uh, you know, kind of brings that, that yeah, I'm kind of excited edge to the him. team. Yeah. There was, there was a really good um, Sweeney Murdy shout out. Uh, we are uh Penn Stater and a beat writer for WFAN for the Yankees. Um wrote a really good feature on Donaldson and uh, turned me into a Donaldson fan. I, I, I wouldn't say I was like crazy about them getting him. Um, I know he's had a decent spring and he hits the ball hard and he plays good third base, but his attitude and, and the way that he, uh, he leads, I, I think is something that has been missing. And they talk about that 2009 team all the time. You know, Jeter had been a constant obviously, and he had already been a four-time world champion, but they hadn't won since 2000. And they talk about that team and like Nick Swisher coming in and AJ Burnett coming in and even C coming in and uh, really changing the culture and like having a little bit more fun, um, you know, doing things a little bit differently. And I think that was, you were seeing that over the course of the past two seasons, like Aaron judges is never going to be that leader. You know, he's, he's the Derek Jeter. You know, he's yeah. going to be more calm, collected, reserved in the way that he leads. And Donaldson is, I'm not saying he's exactly like Nick Swisher, but he's more Swisher-esque in, in that sense. Um, and I think that's a good thing for the team. I think, I think though, I want to remind there's a there's a Canada factor here because the Blue Jays, he had 81 games where their opponent may not have their full roster. Yeah, we're still at least a month away from the Yankees going to Canada and a lot can change, so. Just saying, there's yeah. a cat of the fact. Everyone, every everyone was freaking out a month ago that Aaron Judge wasn't going to play in any games in New York, and they figured that out. They'll figure out how to let these guys play. Kyrie Judge, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, but here's what I want to know. So, if I obviously hope that you're right, Colin, and that the Yankees have this great year, but what I want to know is if they really put it together and they put a, put together a great season and make a really deep run in the playoffs, um, is Aaron Boone? going to get a nice share of the credit or does he only get shat on when they don't live up to expectations but when they do well and eh, boone had nothing to do with it that's what i want to know are all these yankee fucking idiot fans going to change their tune about boone if the yankees all of a sudden win 100 games and win the pennant i don't i don't know that the attitude on boone changes unless they win the world series and even if they win the world series boone would have to win like three world series in a row i i just don't think the the fans that you're referring to have any love for him at all left. Th- those fans don't even have any love left for Cashman um, or Stein. Which is right so now. dumb. Cashman's I mean, in, in Cashman, I trust, but my Boone tune is pretty regular, pretty negative. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not crazy about Boone either. But, but I would, I wouldn't be one of those people that would be like, 
he had no bearing on the team winning the World Series if they went out and won it this year. <laughs> like, come on. They, you, you can't win a World Series in spite of your manager. Like, as much as Ned Yost tried to make that a thing with the Royals. Yeah, like, really. It, oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it's just impossible. <laughs> hey, hey. We'll bring your friend down from Chicago when the White Sox win the World Series this year. And yeah, right. <laughs> so great. no way they're going to have a regression too. I, you races. know, a team in the Central to look out for the Detroit Tigers. No, Spencer Torkelson. You heard it. You heard it here first. No, no, the, the Tigers are still two or three years away. You heard it here first. Right, the Yanks we'll are going to set the it. world on fire. The Blue Jays are also going to be very good. But the so I'll I'll, I'll give my true prediction. First place for the Yankees, 104 wins. And I'll say right now, yes to the World Series. Oh, my God. Colin has always been, for everybody who who listening out there, so Colin and I have been... Wait, 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 wait. Before, before you do this, I just want to say I was not this high on them last year. I, I, uh huh. Would you predict last year 101 wins? I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I I feel like you were this high on them last year, too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I was. It's recorded now. So next year, G matches like he did in the playoffs, and Aaron has a great season, and everyone comes back from injuries, and and Gary's going to be great, and Gary's going to be great, and Gary's going to have 35 home runs, and they're going to win the World Series. All we had was COVID to go off of the season before. And I was never that high on Gary. I was never that low on Gary, but I was never that high on Gary after like 2018. I just like, all right, is he going to hit like 20 homers and be an average catcher? Like, is that who he is? I think that's who he is. So he's not even that anymore, but yeah. Yeah. Colin is just the eternal optimist when it comes to the Yankees at the beginning of the season. And, And I love it. I respected it. It's a good, it's a good balance because, uh, you know, I'm I'm I I'm not very much that way, and 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 Matt isn't necessarily no. either. Colin gets um, a lot of shit for that outlook, but it, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, but I appreciate it. No, it's it's important. It's important. We need we need that balance here. If it was just me and Matt, we'd be like <laughs> we'd be like a couple of Eeyores over here, and we'd we'd go and hang ourselves. You know, Gary um, sucks, and Boone can't manage, and, and yeah. once the sticky stuff's gone, Garrett can't pitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. So it's good. It just cracks me up. Like that 104 wins and first, like that's fucking bold. That is a boldly optimistic prediction, but I appreciate they won, it. They won a hundred games two years in a row, just two years ago. 104 wins is a lot. 104 is hard. Remember we, we went and we looked at this. I don't know if it was on the pod or if this was just us hanging out, but yeah, I think, I think it's 106 is the number. Well, that was the big thing. But even before that, like a hundred, 101, even 102, somewhat common, like 103, 104 and above, really, really rare. And 106 and above, incredibly rare. But like even even winning 104 games, like I mean, I have to look it up. But that shit doesn't happen that much. Like 102 and 101 has happened a lot more than 104. Yeah, um, that's a lot of wins. Yeah, I love yeah. I love talking about 100 win seasons because Collins Collins Scranton comes out. It's not 100 win seasons. It's 100 win 100, seasons. 100. Yeah, I love 100. it. I love it. You're drinking the Scranton beer tonight. It's good. Don't even yeah. Don't even notice it. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It's a, 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 it's it's unique. I like it. Hi, Yulia. <laughs> All right. Uh, while while Ethan is chatting away, uh, I have some quick trivia. She okay. says hi. All right. She was just giving me some food. All right. Trivia. What up, Yulia? Uh, so I watched the Donnie Baseball documentary on uh, MLB Network on Sunday. It was good. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I will say I, I wish there was more 
post Yankee. It was like basically watching Yankeeography again. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. However, one cool piece of trivia that I never realized, and maybe you guys knew this, is that Donnie's number twenty three is the only number retired in Monument Park that has never won a World Series title. Ah, I didn't know that, but I I could have deduced that, but I didn't know yeah, that. That's I didn't good. know that either. Wow, yep. poor guy. That's kind of a it's kind of a shitty a shitty uh, distinction <laughs> to have. Sad for him, but wow. Yes. Uh, another cool uh, trivia stat, if you will. Uh, so um, th- there's some details that go into this, um, such as like the number I'm about to give you is just guaranteed money. Um, but there's roughly like another $15 million in, in uh, minimum contracts that's going to bump the number up a little bit. But the cur- current uh, payroll, according to SpotRack, uh, is uh, for the Oakland Athletics is $33 million. That's the same as it was in 1991. And so when you hear us on the podcast talking about Oakland and Tampa and all these stupid, quote unquote, small market teams that cry poor, same payroll from 30 years ago, when we know the value of baseball has grown exponentially since then. And I don't feel bad at all for the Oakland franchise in the way that they operate and say that they can't spend money because of the stadium. I feel very bad for the fans and I feel very bad for fans of baseball in general, because this is just another example of a team that is just blatantly tanking right in front of our eyes and the owners and commissioner don't seem to care at all. And that crushes the integrity of the sport, in my opinion. Oh, it's despicable. Despicable and such a shame for the fans. How can you, how could you even like remain a fan? I mean, my God, it would be so hard to stay a fan. Like that's insane. Same payroll as night with 1991, you said? When they were the highest payroll in baseball, by the way. That would have been the Bash Brothers years, yeah? Uh, toward the end of them, I believe, yes. Yeah. But just, um, that's horrible. That's just awful. No excuse. Yep. And then so you get to the other end of this. This is my favorite. So this came from Joel Sherman, uh, a tweet uh, sometime last week. And uh, he said that the Mets deliberated for several days whether to take on $24 million for Eric Hosmer to deepen their pitching staff and decided against it. And I think that's fucking hilarious that, Mets ownership, who we heard was just going to spend whatever money they wanted to, to do whatever they wanted, is already feeling the pinch of that CBT. And it's like, eh, I don't know that we actually want to pay that luxury tax because guess what? They're fucking billionaires and they don't care about your team. They don't care about the fans. They care about their money. And so fuck you, Met fans. I hope they are terrible this year. And I, I just, I love it though, that, that they're already feeling the pinch of that CBT. Yeah, that's wild. I'm surprised by that. I figured Steve Cohen was just going to spend everything as just like a giant middle finger to everybody, have like a $400 million payroll. But, wow. Of course, do they really need more pitching depth, though? I mean, they got DeGrom and Scherzer. DeGrom's already out. Oh, I think I saw that. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, Jesus Christ. And Scherzer says he's going to start on Friday, but they're already kind of worried about him, too. He's 37. Is is Thorback? 
Uh, he's not with the Mets yeah, he, anymore. He's on oh. somebody else's team. Okay. Uh, yeah. Padres, maybe? Angels? He was Angel. on the Angels. No, somebody knew now. It was the Angels. He's on somebody else's team now. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's not a Met. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's long gone. Yeah. How's the soup, Ethan? Uh, this is not the soup. This is actually a, a chicken thigh. We had some chicken thighs. Okay. Too. Well, I have to I have to butt in because there's another entry in the sometimes <laughs> recurring se- segment of cheese stuffed pastas. Yay. Tonight, the cheese stuffed pasta is spinach ravioli. Yum. Fancy and healthy. Ricotta. Uh, Thor is on the angels. Thor is on the angels. I'm sorry. Told you. Yep. Um, but yeah, very very tasty. What kind it's of sauce is ravioli? You know, Matt's homemade sauce. Just marinara. Red yeah, sauce. Yeah. Red sauce, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yum. All right. So my last uh, couple things with baseball all involve kind of rule changes, uh, strategy type things. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but on Saturday versus the Braves, the Yanks used a four-man outfield. Oh, no. <laughs> Get into that. Yes. We're getting to that in a second, Matt. Um, and uh, so Brian, Brian Hawk, uh, Brian Hoke, excuse me. Uh, Yankee beat writer uh, tweeted that Boone has wanted to do this for years, but he didn't feel like they had, excuse me, they had the personnel. Um, But he said this season, you'll probably see it a lot. Uh, Fly ball pitchers versus fly ball hitters, a four man outfield. I have no idea if this is part of the uh, keep two infielders on the left side, keep two infielders on the right side uh, rule change that's coming into play for 2023. But uh, this one's interesting. Um, I I, uh, I don't have a strong feeling one way or not against it because I, I don't think I've seen it enough times and I, I haven't watched uh, old man softball to know how much a four-man outfield really affects things. Uh, but uh, that, that was really interesting to see uh, at, at the very least for me. I, I'd be interested to see kind of how it ends up playing out if it um, has the same effect as like the shift as we kind of know it has um, in, the, in terms of strategy. They're putting Glaber out there, right? I don't know who they put out there, but um, I, I, I don't. I don't know if that changes if if there's just one designated person for it or you know whatever it is. But I mean, I saw the picture. They were they were legitimately all four, you know, just spread out there in the outfield. So I didn't know this was a thing. Now I didn't know this was like allowed. That's super interesting. Yeah, I think the Rays have done it a couple times. Um, I want to say the Dodgers did it every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm with you, Kyle. I haven't seen it enough to really have like a strong feeling on it. Yeah. And so uh, before we get to Matt's thing, uh, MLB did announce that replay reviews will, uh, those decisions will be announced to the crowd a la the NFL. Um, mm. Yeah, so uh, we, we will know uh, what the decision is, uh, maybe why the decision was made. I, I don't know. They don't, they don't do that in the NFL or in college football, but um I don't know necessarily that I really care. They don't do this in basketball. Um, you know, tell you why, why somebody committed or why they called somebody for committing a foul, you know, and, and things like that, but, uh, or why they, why they overturn a ball that, you know, hit somebody's hand and redirected one way, you know, and, and things, but whatever, they want to bring something different to the game. I, I guess I'll give this one to them, but I don't really care. I'm imagining Manfred sitting in his office going, Hmm. That's why the people don't watch the game anymore. They don't know what's happening in the reviews. Yeah. We need to tell them what's happening in the reviews. That'll, that'll, I saved baseball. Like, sorry, that, that's yeah. why so I'm true. giggling to myself. So true. This is so going to be the rule change that really makes a difference. 
Yeah. So the one rule change that I think will make a difference. And so I got to see it uh, twice this weekend. I watched the Braves game on uh, Saturday uh, versus the Yankees and uh, Higgy was using it. And then I watched them play the Jays on Sunday and whoever the Jays catcher was, was using it. And it was announced today that major league baseball has approved what's called pitch com. And it is a wristband that the catchers use to signal their pitch to the pitchers. And I will say both games that I saw this in action, the pace of play picked up significantly. Yep. It was delightful to yep. watch. It was, it was so cool. And uh, so former Yankee David Phelps is actually a pitcher for the Blue Jays and it was on the Blue Jays uh, station. And so after he pitched on Sunday, they had him interviewed and he goes, it was his first time using it because they just started introducing it toward the end of spring training. And I think teams are like, yeah, this is awesome. This rocks. Like how come we didn't do this 15 years ago? And uh, so they approved it today. But anyways, Phelps was saying how it, um, it was an adjustment at first, like the rhythm to, you know, usually he's used to kind of staring in and, and everything. And he's like, I got to figure out when I need to shake off the catcher and when he, and, and know that he's looking at me, <laughs> he's like, that's still a thing. Um, but he goes, you know, overall it was, it was great. And, um, you know, I think they, uh, or, uh, Cor- yeah, Cortez got interviewed by the Yankees on Saturday. He was loving it. Um, Sevy liked it. I know they said he, he was yep. enjoying it. Yep. Yep. Sevy loved it too. Yeah. Yeah. Meredith was talking about that. It was, it was awesome. I, I don't know why a team wouldn't use it. I hope all team, I hope it's mandatory. I I don't think it is, but I hope eventually it becomes mandatory and yeah, it's going to change the game. You're not going to put signs down anymore and everything, but Oh my God, just seeing the pitcher stare at the catcher and then just immediately get into a set and not have to play this like BS game of, yeah, shaking off and waiting for like seven signs to go through. So the sign doesn't get stolen, whatever. Like. Yeah. Or shielding it or changing signs or mound visits to go over. Think get yeah. rid of all of that. You yeah. know, just have the catcher go buzz light your style beep. And like, you know, you're, you got your pitch, but it like shakes, right. It buzzes in the pitchers. Yep. Yeah. So I can't remember which telecast it was. They were saying four people get access to it. Yep. And they were saying it's, it's obviously the pitcher. They think the catcher, kind of as like a, a backup to make sure what they're sending out is actually what's uh, being received. And then they were thinking a middle infielder and maybe the center fielder are the, the two likely people. Um, so they can relay signs to every, everyone else uh, based on it. But um, yeah, it's, 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 it's so crazy that we're talking about this being life-changing when the NFL's been doing this for so long with quarterbacks and calling in plays from the sidelines. It's like, what took so long? <laughs> like, it's just yeah, another really. reminder that baseball's super slow on changing things. But this one seems like it picked up steam, quote-unquote, quickly uh, once they you know started to implement it. And I think it's a really good really good rule um not rule change but a really good piece of technology that they're implementing into the game yeah sounds amazing i had no idea that this was a thing i've never heard of it sounds awesome yeah i heard it brought up toward the end of last year as a potential um solution and i'm, I'm glad to see they're moving quickly um yeah. i really don't see any downsides to this i'm excited to see what it does for the game yeah yeah i mean i'm sure there's going to be people who are like oh you can hack into that and you know steal the signs that way but again, the NFL has been doing this for at least 15 years, right? Like 
And I don't, I don't know any problems that teams have ever had about someone hacking in to get their, their play calls. Uh, there's been rumors all the time that um, the comms don't work magically when you get to uh, Foxborough, but. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone says that about anything about the Patriots. They cheat mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick actually has a secret CIA pass as a weapons, <laughs> weapons grade electronics channel. <laughs> and he's got secret tin foil and molybdenum foil in his cutoff sleeves. That's why it cuts the sleeves off so he can beam the blocking jamming signals out of his armpits towards the opposing team. You know what? I've been wondering that all my you life. heard it here first, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Wow. All right. uh, that's, a, that's a little too ridiculous, even for me. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry to our listener out there. Yeah, you owe so many apologies now. All right, what uh, else? That's it for me for baseball. Um, I mean, I'm happy to you know, talk there there's obviously other things to talk about but those were the big things that came to mind for me over the past week so i i got i got something a little a little zany here but um you know i, I have a i have a, a come home from work routine usually it's you know sometime after six you know between six and seven where i come home and i'll kind of you know go through the mail and start getting dinner ready and do dishes from whatever i brought to lunch and I like putting the TV on and, and, you know, I'm trying to stay worldly. So sometimes it's nightly news. I'll watch the nightly news and sometimes I'll watch the Colbert rapport from, or whatever late show from the night before. Uh, and that was, that was tonight's selection. I watched the late show from Monday and I have to say, if you guys get a chance, go, go watch Shaq was a guest on the late show. Wow. And um, it's, 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 you know, 15 minutes of ridiculousness, but there's some really good belly laughs mixed in there. Shaq just came out with a cookbook. Um, oh my god! And uh, so they spend the last segment of the show is Shaq and Colbert making brownies together. Um, and Amazing. it was again, it was it was weird sometimes, but there's a lot <laughs> of good belly laughs mixed in there, including Shaq calling out a Snoop and Martha Stewart saying "We're coming for you," um, and constant making fun of uh, Charles Barkley. Um, or, you know, there's uh, the question where Steven says, hey, where did you get this recipe there? They're making Colbert diesel Oreo brownies because Shaq chose Oreos because uh, black and white because him and Steven are black and white. Um, <laughs> and so Colbert goes, where did you get this recipe? And Shaq just goes, YouTube. <laughs> again, a lot of fun. Uh, also fun just for the second, like as you're doing dishes and going about your nightly tasks and then you look up and you realize um you've got a giant next to a hobbit on screen too like just yeah. that striking disparity was also very funny but shout out to Shaq. He, he he dropped some weight he's looking trim despite the fact that he was putting every sugar known to man in this mixture but um the brownies look good so you know and Shaq's looking good too but um I, I highly recommend that that was that was a little bit of joy tonight if i was going through the kitchen routine after work nice awesome love it uh, nothing from you, Ethan? Uh, I don't think so. Ethan never brings anything to the podcast. How, how's the little tooting on your horn going? How are the students progressing? Are you playing any good banjo lately? Uh, uh, I've been working more on guitar. Um, I mean, mostly, I've just been mo- I've been working on moving the last couple weeks, so I've just been really busy and stressed with that. But it's basically done at this point, so that feels really good. I'm a lot less stressed. Um, the students are the students, you know. The ones who give a shit, give a shit, and the ones who don't, don't, and it is what it is. Um, 
you know. <laughs> um, I'm just happy baseball is back. Like, I, I you know, I was, I, I thought that uh, there was a real chance of losing a lot, a lot, a lot of the season. Same. And um, so the fact that we didn't lose much and that it's coming back just makes me uh, just very, very happy. So that's it. That's all I got. And yeah, Colin, you're right. I never bring anything to the podcast. I like, said- I like to keep things fresh, okay? Let whatever comes to me in the moment, then that's that's going to be it. I'm but glad because that you you're... said you were at least happy that baseball's back because at first I thought you were going down a path to like an existential crisis there or something. Like... <laughs> Not at the end of the show. If I'm going to have an existential crisis, I'll start it earlier. Okay, for the listeners' <laughs> yeah. sake, right? Yeah, for the listeners', for the listeners sake. For yeah, content's exactly. sake. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. the power of baseball. Like it saves us <laughs> yeah. from going crazy. Like, yeah. It's just Sounds it's like crazy. That. That's right. Yeah. Huey yeah. Lewis and, song. And the reason that you don't ever bring anything to the show, even though you say you want things to be fresh, is because even on the show, you are in your magic factory, like just <laughs> hanging <factory>. out. <laughs> Magical music world. Actually, yeah. I kind of like, like magic factory. That's good, too. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I fucking I need to start meditating. Maybe that'll help. But yeah, um, man, I won't hold our breath. Yeah, you shouldn't. My brain is just very active. I just, you know, jump around a lot and and, and uh, I don't know what to say, you know? Well, Matt's a chemical engineer, so I'm pretty sure his brain is hopping okay. around. No, uh, my brain is... is dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> and jumping around is not an indicator of, of intelligence. I'm not, I'm not implying that. I, I, you know... Oh, so you're saying you're stupid? It's not an indicator of intelligence in any way. There's stupid people and smart people whose brains jump around a lot. Mine just, whatever I am, mine happens to jump around a lot, I think. Man, first he drinks from an Illini glass, then he makes a Wisconsin reference like three times. and Wisconsin? They play, uh, what's, that, what's that band called? With Everlast in it. That's like their song. They do the jump around song. Oh, jump around. Yeah. Jump around. Um, what's what's the, what are they called? Oh man, like this is gonna bother me. They're, they're from yeah. Wisconsin. No, no, no. But they, they play it at uh, the Badger Stadium, whatever it's called. Oh, oh yeah, right. Okay. All at right. the beginning of the fourth quarter. Okay. It's confused. the dumbest thing ever. All Big Ten teams are terrible. House of House of Pain. That's what it's called. House which of pain. you think, oh, what is these like white dudes rapping like House of Pain with the X? And then he realized, oh, one of those guys is Everlast. What is that? Guitar guitar troubadour who like he sings what it's like. Come on. Yeah. No, you don't no, you don't get my references at all. Colin does. Colin got it. I I think I didn't get it. He's throwing the hat. He's upset. I know. He's really upset now. Um (laughs) damn it, I was gonna say something. Oh, Colin, we have that quote on record. You just said all big ten teams are terrible. We can take that out of context and just put that on its own. All big teams are terrible. Colin's go ahead. Soundbite. Yeah, I would bite. be happy if Penn State was in the Pac-12 or whatever it's called. Like, isn't that ugh. Pacific? Isn't that what Pac stands for? Pacific. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the geography at Penn State probably is not that great. They they think they're on the West Coast. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, they they probably don't realize that. They probably get their oceans mixed up all the time. I think it's time to for us to end the podcast before I just yeah. say <laughs> anything else stupid. All right, that's fair. <laughs>